And as always, I'm grateful for your support. It is exciting to see this little podcast reach people all around the world. It never ceases to surprise me (laughs) at all, at all. I'm always like shocked as hell when I see where people are listening from and all that good stuff. So it's pretty exciting to see that growth. Today's topic really is about understanding and coping with events in our life. I mean, this week was pretty hefty for me. I want to say actually the last couple of weeks have have been really hefty for me at work just because I've had many people come in that have experienced significant changes in their life, significant events, whether it's the death of someone that they love suddenly or changes in somebody's sickness or illness or their own breakups or dismantling of their own relationships. But what I'm noticing is that there's a lot of events that are stirring some shit up. And many people are resisting these events. They're resisting them, which is pretty interesting. And what I mean by resisting them is somehow they are denying in some form the acceptance of that thing occurring. For example, if there's a separation, they're going to play that fantasy in their head of how things could have been and da-da-da, which is going to make it difficult for us to acknowledge that at one point I actually broke up with that person and this is not reality. What I'm doing to myself is not reality. So that's what I mean by denial. Another way we do this is when we are engaging in this rabbit hole of thinking and just, just start thinking about... Uh, things I can't control, and the what-ifs in life in an attempt to gain control of them. It's fascinating, but we do it. Somebody recently just came in and told me that all of a sudden their roommate had to leave, and now they have to think about how they're going to pay for their mortgage, and uh, they have to figure out what to do next. But they're still complaining about the fact, they're still stuck on the fact that it's happening. They're just resisting the fact that it's happening. And when I say resisting, I mean, it's not like doing it consciously. We're doing it subconsciously. We all do it. But I want us to really address that today because we want to elevate the quality of our life with what we're about to talk about today. So keep an open mind as you always do. (laughs) And this is what I'm asking you today. There's a couple of concepts I'm going to put in today that are really going to help you out. But it's something that I came across and I had to pay attention to it because it was so rational and logical that I wasn't ready to listen to it when I first heard it. But as I was exposed to it, it became much more favorable (laughs) way to look at my life. So all these events occurring and people are resisting them. They're resisting them by the way they describe them. They're resisting them by the, the... coming up with solutions, most of the time it is just getting stuck in the I can't believe this shit is happening to me, right? Things keep happening to me. 
And this egocentric view of the world is going to cause us a problem because we think that the world really does revolve around us. It is false, of course, and as much as I like to think I'm important, I'm not that important, uh, and that's a good thing. <laughs> I like living my life, and I like knowing that I follow universal rules that everybody else follows. And the ma major universal rule here that we have to follow that will help us a lot with going with the flow a little more, non-resistant stance that we want to take on life is going to be the idea of impermanence. And what do I mean by impermanence? And where do we get that word? Well, that word is a Buddhist philosophy-based word. Impermanence basically implies at minimum, you know, I'm going to oversimplify, you know me, it's just the idea of things don't last and that change will occur and change is part of life. And eventually where I, things that are perishable are going to pass, that would include me. I can't sit and not be prepared for them, resist what's, what's happening in front of me. There's a flow of life that is happening, not to me, not at me, right? I am flowing with it. I'm, I want to be connected to it. And when I'm resisting, I'm not connecting to it. I think we just don't trust that it's going to work out well if I just surrender. Impermanence is not just a Buddhist philosophy. There's variations of it in different faiths. The idea that things do not last, but that acceptance here becomes the key. Also, surrender becomes the key. In the idea of the Christian philosophy, there is living in the spirit, basically that if I'm not attached to these physical or material things and I'm working from the inside out and I'm using that as the primary source of my guidance from the inside, right? Then I'm not really too attached for anything outside. And believe it or not, most of our suffering comes from the attachments that we attach emotionally to outside. And what I mean by that is people are going to pass and it is not my call and it's not on my time. So people struggle with this idea because they go into, it should have happened this way. I should have done more. It should have been this way. It could have been this way. And they're doing this fabulous bargaining, but all unfortunately to no avail because we will go back in circles. We'll just get stuck emotionally. To use this logic of impermanence is really to help you move past this impasse, this emotional impasse, and moving you towards decision-making and enjoyment of your life. When we're sitting in denial and not accepting and resisting, really, what is in front of us, what's happening in front of us, and making it about us, that's a lot of suffering. Like I carry guilt for somebody's passing or death or if I'm breaking up with someone, I'm just can't, I can't take the breakup. I might act in vindictive ways or I might go the opposite and be completely passive and just depressive and whatever comes from that. So it is not in any way healing us. And I like the idea of impermanence because we cannot negotiate it. <laughs> It just, it's not, it's unnegotiable. And 
that's a good thing for all of us. That is a good thing for all of us. Because if we had to negotiate it, it's our ego that is usually negotiating with everything. It is our ego. It's what we think it should be like or how, it, how the outcome should be. It doesn't allow us for flexibility. It doesn't allow us for adapting to life and going with the flow. So if you've ever been like, I want to go with the flow, most people actually say it like, I just don't care. They just go to extremes. Like going with the flow is not the same thing as I don't care. Okay, I want to make sure that it's clear. I don't care means I'm pretending not to care. <laughs> I don't give a shit what you say. Or I'm an avoidant of life. I don't confront stuff like I need to confront. But going with the flow is more about I'm looking at what I'm looking at in front of me happening. I'm acknowledging that it's happening. And I am adapting to it. I'm making the necessary changes within me to look at what I'm looking at. Whenever we look at things that change in our life, significant events, we really have to readjust our brain. Whether it's a loss of a person, loss of a job, changes in the dynamic of a family, all of those things have to readjust our brain. And we struggle with change. Oh, why do we struggle with change? But again, going back to living in the spirit, or seeking the idea of or understanding or acceptance of impermanence is really about going within and putting a lot of value and time and energy in that <laughs> more than anything else. When I make decisions, I'm going within. I'm not calling people to make decisions. I'm not talking about people to solve my problems. I'm not doing extra Okay, on the outside, I'm not trying to keep anybody from leaving. I'm not trying to keep anybody here with me. I'm not trying to solve your problems or fix your emotions. I'm not in charge of uh, saving the world. But that is not the point. I know where my line is drawn. And that is anything beyond me. I really, I really need to practice going with the flow. This idea of impermanence for, for me to live a very healthy joyful life. I hope this makes sense so far and that I didn't lose you somewhere in the beginning because <laughs> I may do that at times, but I know you'll let me know gently and kindly, I, I assume. And if not, that's still okay too. You're allowed to do whatever the heck you want in my world. I have enough space for it, my friends. So talking about the space you might need, opening up that space to allow life to happen in front of you without you kind of going into jumping into conclusions and making things. I got to make things. I'm a go-getter. I got to make it happen. Oh my God. Just, you know, stop, stop. Really? There's a beauty of, in holding back. There's a beauty of not being the center of the world in your own mind. There's a beauty to knowing that you are not as important as you think you are. It's flexible. It is compassionate to you and others. And impermanence allows us to do that. It allows us to go within and maybe for the first time in my life, I will give you your own privacy for thinking and feeling comfortably in front of me or uncomfortably for that matter. You can, you're allowed to be uncomfortable in front of me and I'm allowed not to lose my comfort if you're uncomfortable. And that's the beauty of what we're talking about here. Creating this wonderful home within us and I can't guarantee what's outside, but I can guarantee you what the climate of my house is going to look like, is going to feel like, what happens inside of me, but only when I become intentional in my life. 
when I start taking responsibility for my own thoughts, taking responsibility for what I want to happen on the inside, no matter what occurs on the outside. Is this humanly possible? Can we really rise above this? Are we as humans capable of controlling the climate within us that outside it's not painful and whatever happens outside we could still ride this pain out with calmness, with serenity. In 1963, a monk walks out in the middle of a busy street in Saigon. Gasoline was poured on him by one of the other fellow monks, and he proceeded to light himself on fire while sitting in the lotus position. Now, I need you to look up this picture because it's a famous picture. It's an award-winning picture. Everybody knows it as the burning monk. If you look at this picture, most people say, well, this is a political statement that this guy was making. And in fact, the monk was making a political statement. But if you look a little closer, and I mean literally at this photograph, it is is quite incredible. Half of his body, to include half of his face as well, is on fire. And he's still sitting in the lotus position. And he's burning. Passerbys watch this as it occurs About 350 nuns and monks are watching this as well. Now, this is the thing. It is pretty fascinating because in about 10 minutes, still in a lotus position, his body gives out and falls. But he remained all the way in a lotus position while he was burning alive. Now, Tala, why would you tell me this morbid story? What is the point of this? Well, this is the thing. I wondered about this photograph for some time now, and I thought, how did this monk do it? If I show this photograph to anybody, and this photograph is by uh, Malcolm Brown, and he won a, a Pulitzer Prize on it in the 1960s. So if I show this picture to someone, most of the time, the first thing they say, well, I can't do that. Oh my God, that takes years to accomplish. Uh, I can't believe he, he burned himself. I can't believe that he lived through that. I can never do that. I mean, there's variations of this response, by the way, all of which I can agree with. The average human being looking at this would say, oh God, this is grotesque and inhumane. But although his contribution was political, absolutely, and President of at that time was taken down because of an oppressive regime that just did not allow for equality. But I want you to move beyond that and look at his human self sitting in a lotus position while he was burning on fire. And if you look closer, just kind of zoom in the picture closer to his face, half of his face being on fire, the other half being in contemplation, meditative facial stance, if, if that's the best way to describe that. I want you to see this, this thing I'm, I'm trying to show you here. How can this man, human, like everybody else, do it? Sit through fire. And he came to me with all clarity. The only way he could sit with fire is if he did not resist it anymore. And how did he not resist it? He had to have really been at peace on the inside with all of it. He must have had a beautiful relationship with himself on the inside. Utterly connected for him to go beyond what humans can do. It is incredible. It is truly incredible what his contribution is if we're looking at it in this way too. Living on the inside, accepting you, and I talk about this often, that's why I push it as much as I do. Accepting all versions of you. Accepting you in this journey fully on the inside. 
is beautiful because as the fire comes in, as you walk through the fire, you'll be able to sit still peacefully. He did it literally. He actually sat there as he was burning alive in the lotus position peacefully. So what's really amazing about that is if we look at our life, most of the time, the fires are inside of us. We start freaking fires all over the damn place with the way we think. And sometimes we even spit them out and hopefully somebody will extinguish our fires through reassurance of some kind of bullshit validation, all of which is bullshit. And every time I see that photograph, that very powerful photograph, it reminds me what I'm capable of doing and that the fires that I'm starting inside my head isn't real. And I can be quiet on the inside and the quieter and the more spacious I am, I can actually sit through emotional and mental flames. Our fires that we perceive to be on the outside, stuff that changes consistently as it should be, we're still thinking they're fires. But in fact, if we just look a little closer, we need to stop resisting them as fires. They're not fires and they're not trying to harm us. Maybe a breakup is what we need right now. Maybe this loss of this job will help motivate us for something else. Maybe the death of someone can help somebody else live with passion. Why does it always have to be my opinion on this situation? What if all of this is just what it's supposed to be and I don't resist it anymore? It just is. And so can I sit in fires and feel serenity? Absolutely. As long as it feels heavenly on the inside, the fires outside don't really freaking matter. And I need you to keep that in mind. We put so much value on trying to change and put out the fires outside because we're th we think they're fires. But in fact, we're the one looking at them. We're starting those fires on the inside. They're not fires. They're not good. They're not bad. They are, in fact, what it is. That whatever it is you're looking at, I just need you just to look at it. Not resist it. This monk had to sit and make the fire part of him. It's hard to explain this idea that I'm getting, but it's, I see it with clarity. In order for him to be okay with sitting with fire on the inside, he had to have the best climate you can ever ask for. Practically a heaven on earth for hell not to be felt. He knew he was beyond physical. He knew there was something greater inside of him that if he connected with it, whether he wants to call it mind, Buddha, whatever it is, you're connecting with your inner self, higher self, whatever you want to call it. It's something that resides within you and you honor it. And if, when you do that, everything else is pretty much an easy ride. Really. It basically is proven by all faiths and, and most definitely by Burning Monk. His contribution was much greater if we look at it than just a time in history. When we look at him, he is the evidence he is the evidence, the burning alive evidence that what we are capable of doing is immense. That pain, in fact, is a matter of perception. And that the fires that we are seeing in, far, in front of us are, in fact, fires that we're starting on the inside, friends. Because the real fire is in. It's always been in. And when you put it to rest, when you extinguish it, when you start nurturing yourself, 
when you start deciding that I'm going to treat myself with self-love and self-worth and that I am perishable and just as perishable as any other human being or any other living thing, then at this point I maintain a stance of humility and allowance. I hope this excites you as much as it excites me. But please go feel free to look at this photograph. It is a piece of history, period. But it is beyond that. It is the evidence. Walk around with it. You know, look at it. Keep looking at it. See if you see what I'm seeing. And it haunts me. It haunts me because it tells me, Tala, keep going. Then maybe one day, all of humanity would know that they all have a choice. That they all have a choice to sit in fires peacefully. He is the evidence of that. He is human like me, flesh and blood. He's impermanent, just like me. That keeps me up in a good way. <laughs> it is something that is a blessing to see. It lets me know that it is possible to live in the spirit. To live beyond just the physical body. To feel beauty and peace no matter what the freaking hell is happening outside of you the freaking burning hell is happening outside of you yeah thank you guys so much for joining me tonight you guys are so worthy i need you to know that i need you to know wherever you're at in your journey you are so worthy and the second you give your brain the permission to do what worthy people do you don't even have to believe it yet but you just have to give it the permission to be good to you it will do it it will be good to you. And trust it. You don't need to see an outcome to know that the universe or whatever you believe in is working for you. It's working for you. But you got to put your effort in, which is what we call the concept of faith and trust. I'm sending you love, light, and the unrelenting courage of faith to step in the fire and not feel the burn. This has been an episode of Drive Through.